Hi, I'm Jen. And I'm Trevor. And together, we're We're Occasionally Interesting, interesting. the podcast where a couple travels the world interviewing the most interesting people they meet along the way. Sometimes it will be sweet, often entertaining, rarely conservative, frequently informative, occasionally occasionally interesting. Occasionally interesting, occasionally interesting. They are occasionally interesting. All right. So, yeah, I want to hear about your journey. How did you, how, what happened? Who did you used to be? And then how did you make this transformation? What happened? So, I guess, looking back now, for many years, I suppressed general feelings. Any feelings you can imagine. I was very kind of just stuck just closed off how did you come to be that way uh i'm gonna say it's mainly my father and from his father they had quite the relationship and a lot of it kind of came came to realization about a lot of what that was and that trauma that was passed on actually just the other day through a chakra class so all these years being closed off i would search for some kind of thrill and i ended up getting more and more extreme with my thrills um mainly dirt biking related stuff, eventually motorcycle related things. I've probably been off a bike 200 times, five major crashes. The fifth one was when I had a sport bike and I was getting ridiculous with it. Like I'd get off work, I'd suit up, maybe not even suit up and go race the streets. Like just race them, practice dragging knees. It was dangerous and I always told myself I'd never do that because I'd end up killing myself. So some buddies, we started doing some track days, getting on the racetracks. So I got on track, and my like fifth time out, I was too eager to get on it, and you have to give yourself time to warm the tires up so they grip properly. Mm. And I didn't do that. I just, one buddy kind of got a little away from me. He's like, ah, fuck this, I want to catch him. And there's this little tiny dip on the biggest corner on the track. Like if you watch the videos of like, cause I kept it on his bike, my camera. And it was there the whole day too. So you see that same corner, like every time he takes that lap, there's this spot there. And that's exactly the moment I went to give it gas. So the bike came out, da, 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 da. I got thrown off of it, about 150, 160, something like that. And I just tumbled and slid and tumbled and tumbled and broke this arm, this wrist, this foot, all wrists and ankles were sprained. Um, because that's kind of the extremities that are bouncing off the asphalt. So at this point now, this is my, it wasn't say the worst injuries I've had, but it impacted all my limbs. So I was stuck to sit. Now mm. I couldn't do anything. So it also be my fifth time I had no visitors. Because wow. everybody was, it's Jeff. He just did his thing and he'll be fine again. So I didn't have a goddamn visitor other than my mom for like the first couple days. So I sat and I sat and I sat. Shut off the TV, got off social media, started listening to audiobooks, came across Power of Now. <laughs> and uh, about three quarters of the way through, his message hit me about being present, how everything is found in the present moment. Well, that is living now. There's no other time to live is now. And at that moment, it was like extreme release for 
let's say an hour if we were to put a time on it and it was just the layers were peeling were peeling and peeling and peeling and life as I knew it was completely transforming and just like like just like this like just it was insane and then after that moment I was extremely confused on what happened I had never heard of this I didn't know what was happening to me I was lost like so lost and so lost to the point that anybody in my life at that time they could not relate to what had happened to me so I felt even more alone and it's like you know I'm a kind of believer in the patterns of my life like we always hit a low before we rise again kind of the steps of growth so the more I read the more I educated myself on it the more I started realizing that you know there's spirituality in me that I've been suppressing so I started trying to read down that path and just diving kind of into everything books of all sorts into science into yoga related stuff uh, meditation the mind the body just started expanding myself in ways I always neglected about a year of that, of feeling basically alone for a whole year, not being able to talk to anybody, but just continuing my search for more knowledge. Um, wow. I, I started, I guess it was like, so I had probably 10 weeks recovery and then like another four or five of physio. And then at that point, like physio was like, hey, that's all I can do for you more or less. So I needed to find another method because I really couldn't, like I couldn't do a push-up on this wrist. I couldn't bend my wrist you know, more than 45 degrees. Mm. So that really bothered me because that was my favorite workout, push-ups and that kind of calisthenic type workout. So I met a lady and she was doing Bikram yoga and she introduced me to it. And then I fell in love with yoga. And then there was also a Qigong class at the studio fell in love with that that was and I still use it now mainly as a practice to calm either my mind or my emotions if I'm extremely caught up in something and say there's like the mental loops happening over a certain subject or a certain event that has happened to me I find Qigong is the best practice for me to just recenter myself and melt that stuff out of, out of the way so after about a year of doing that um, Jenny she's my teacher and she held her first retreat in Costa Rica. So this retreat center is a lot more unique than these. How the people that all work there are volunteering their time because they're trying to get over some kind of addiction. So the staff and the people of the retreat are all one community for seven days. It's on the mountaintop in the jungle, away from absolutely everything. Very little power, very little. You live in a tent, so like there's no. It's not a resort like we have over there at Wonderland. So I did a lot of healing that week and opened myself up even further. And then I was finally with people that had been somewhat going through that same transition. So now I had people to relate to, feeling finally not so alone. And about the fifth day, there was like three or four of us. It all happened. They focused on our sacral and solar plexus chakra that day. We had the meditation, the qigong, and the yoga all geared towards that and then the owner of the retreat center does Thai massage but he doesn't do Thai massage like they do here in Thailand his is um, slow gentle with extreme pressure gradual 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 pressure and he's like he studies touch more so than massage the power of touch he gave me massage that night after everything and 
after I was done the massage, I sat there for almost two hours, staring into the jungle, processing everything that had happened from that year. And it clicked again. Now all of a sudden I had this new understanding on how to integrate all the things I've, come, I've learned over that year. I woke up a new person the next day and everybody saw it in me. Like I was bubbly and I was dancing at breakfast and like I was just this, it was, I was being myself and being okay with being myself. So I got home from that retreat center and my life took off. My relationships changed, the ones with my family changed, my career just skyrocketed. I was finally in alignment with who I was, right? Now that goes on for a year and you have all the external energies and all that coming back into your life, coming back into your world. So slowly over time, I guess I kind of lost alignment, not being so focused on this anymore, more driven with my career at this point and so on and so forth. So my friend, Chris, him and I have been talking for 10 years about coming out here to Southeast Asia. So since I did good with my career and he was doing fantastic as well, we finally were able to take months off work, get away from it all. So we did that, but once again, I've been going through this process and he's been stuck in the old ways. So I was uh, questioning, and I even mentioned this to my family, that, hey, this is going to either make or break our relationship, us traveling together. Because I'm sure you guys know, traveling with somebody changes the dynamics of the relationship drastically. So at first we started in Vietnam, and we had a whole week on dirt bikes. We rented dirt bikes to go through the mountains, so it was exciting every day and so much to do. And it's fine, you know, when you have all that excitement. But as things slowed down over the course of the trip um, he wanted to party 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 and meet those kind of people and that surface talk repetitive talk day after day after day and I started just distancing my distancing myself from the groups but then they would be like offended that I would walk away for even if it was 10 minutes if they didn't like me just stepping outside the circle so I was like, okay like this isn't my crowd this isn't my crowd and we had a few discussions about it little fights I guess we'll call them and then one day we both woke up, looked at each other and go, we can't do this no more. This, this, ain't, this isn't working. I'm not getting what I want. He's not getting what he wants. And then immediately that next day, I met a guy named Tim, a German fella. He's here on the island, actually. And he told me about this place. And that was the beginning of it. And now every few days I meet another person that'd be like, hey, come check out Tritanu. This is the place for you. These are the people that you're looking for this is the type of openness you're looking for you know expansion mm -hmm. you'll find it here there's so many methods here to expand yourself and so many areas of unknown for the normal civilized world i find you know i mean we were stuck in the material egoistic world where here it's spiritual and expand yourself in all energies and forms of it and sure enough i ended up here hey I need to do more healing I was still hanging on to the things that were bothering me between my friend and I and I knew what the last retreat did for me in that type of expansion so after I did all my adventuring here in Thailand my diving and free diving and playing around in the mountains and all that I figured it was time well, it was time to sit down and work on myself again and two days after I got on the island I found Wonderland and that schedule they, they hold there differs so much as you know so 
I go, this is perfect for me to start trying new things, yeah. try new methods, different breath work, different yogas, different meditations, different healers, just to experience it all, just to really see what possibilities are out there for me. And after, it took me about two days to finally, I guess, let go and accept my place there and accept the practices and fall into the experience. And then it was almost every single day I had some new insight pour in or some new alignment or releasing some blockage somewhere. And it's, it's just been one thing after another there. And it's been amazing. So I, I, I am going home because I had planned to go to Costa Rica, but if that flight wasn't booked, I'd be here a lot longer. Yeah, so what are your uh, future career plans? So... I have three different directions currently available to me. And more and more I'm finding alignment with the one that makes most sense, especially for our times. The other two are just construction related, creating a new position at the company I'm with now or managing my friend's construction company. But the third one that I keep leaning towards, then I used to kind of be dependent on Jenny and Jackie, her friend, the yoga teacher, Jenny, the Qigong teacher who hosted that retreat. We've been in short discussion right before I came on this trip about opening a wellness center in Southern Ontario. So the more I experience, the more alignment I'm finding with that, that that is my path. And they may not be as financially stable, which I believe that if you do all the right things, the money will flow anyway. So I'm not too concerned about it myself, but I've also met other people that are call them healers to some degree you know they're they're diving into breath work and trying to help people release trauma so it's now I have like a handful of people that I could potentially have help build this place and now with my background I have the physical capabilities of phys like building the place putting it together managing it dealing with the income so I know my part and then say once it gets settled a bit with these other healers then I can then travel each winter hopefully and expand my knowledge and get training elsewhere and keep helping, keep helping because I know the the process I've been through and the trauma I've released, like if I can share this with people, I'd finally be giving back to humanity because like most of my life I've been extremely selfish, you know, big toys, big trucks, big house, all me, me, me. So the balance needs to come. I need to find the other side of this. So this is the path and keep meeting people that keep giving me certain types of workbooks to help manifest the things that are right to me to make these things realized in the material world and I'm not even asking for this stuff it's honestly been falling in my lap almost every day I encounter somebody new that just drops this new information that just helps me in this direction so like now I'm actually kind of excited to go home, to go in quarantine, to focus on this, these workbooks, to finally give myself what I feel I deserve to, to give back to the world. And, you know, we, we can only heal if we know how to heal ourselves. And I'm getting much better at understanding that process. So the world's in need for this now, more than ever. People are finally aware of it to some degree. I think it's time to act, stop talking about it, 
Stop thinking about it. It's time to act. Uh, do you believe at the before you started this transformation journey with all of your uh, adventures and addiction to uh, adrenaline, do, do you believe that you were at all trying to subconsciously leave Earth? It's possible because I know like I wouldn't say I wanted to die, but I felt most alive every time I came close to it. That was like the feelings that I was suppressing. They were forced. And do you feel more alive now than you did in oh, those peaks of adrenaline? 100%. <laughs> now I can spend some days, hours throughout the day feeling that aliveness if I'm calm within. Whereas before it'd be for seconds at a time and maybe once a day versus now especially if I have a good morning routine I can align myself for the majority of the day and I can feel it flowing through me life, energy of course before it was just blah yeah. <laughs> blah until that scare came can you relate? Can you really? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read The Power now yet. Yeah, it's on the list. Have you? No. I'm saving it for you. It's on our list. It's uh, one of, if not the most. I think it's the most recommended book from our podcast guests. <clears throat> the Power of Now. The Power of Now and the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. That's a good one, too. Well, what was the one that you mentioned? This Let Go of This Shit? Is that what it is? Um, yeah. Oh, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure it had shit in the title. It, it does, yeah. Let that shit go. Let that shit go. Yeah, so that book, for me, was easiest to recommend to others because the power of now is different. Yeah. You have to and already maybe be a little bit in the woo-woo world to embrace some of the vernacular they're using. Yeah. Um, even before the power now, maybe look at A New Earth. That was his second release where he kind of simplified it and reorganized it in a much more... Mm -hmm relatable manner. Um, I actually read it a few times because every time I kind of felt that depression lurking back in my life, I read it just to bring me back some clarity. Um, Let That Shit Go is even a simpler version, which is very relatable for the average person. Um, it was written by two like late 30 women. And it's just like, it's broken down in like one or two page kind of titles and really specific. And you can just read one to two pages and say reflect on it for the day grab another two pages the next day and it's really just it's, it's crazy because like you just feel lighter reading it you just kind of like oh it's okay because we all kind of think this way we all cook through these same processes and have these same feelings and it just it helps it helps and I've recommended that book to I bought that book for I think seven people like the week before I came here nah. just like finally I found something like that you guys can read and won't just turn away after two pages and because the power of now, everybody I've mentioned that book to, they're just like, I can't get into this, I can't relate to it. Mm. But um, the message is repeated in it 500 times. That's, that's all it is. It's the power of now, being present. Like, honestly, that is the message. But the biggest thing, I guess, that I got from it is to just exercise the power of presence. And some two methods he tells me are very simple. Is say if you're in an elevator, Instead of worrying about where am I going to go after I leave this elevator, take a breath, look around the elevator, observe your five senses. 
sight, smell, what you hear. Just, just I always look around in elevators. That's <laughs> it. But like, don't analyze the things you're looking at. Just oh. simply see them mm. as what they are. If you can hold that attention for, say, one second a day, eventually it turns into two seconds. Eventually it turns into one second five times a day. It builds and it builds and it builds and it builds and it's a muscle you have to exercise and stop that red light. Oh, that's a really bright red light. Oh, the sky is so blue. Like, ah. And then that practice grows and life gets easier. You get lighter. Anxiety is released. Depression usually releases too if you're that type. And that's what like a lot of meditation is, right? It's based around just being the observer of what's coming up internally. So if, like even for me when I struggle, say shutting my eyes through meditation, open them. Have one sense of stimuli to kind of keep you on track. Or some people use music of some sort, right? If their eyes are shut. If you have one other thing versus complete silence when you're a beginner to meditation, yeah. And like when I look, I, I like to do it like standing or walking and look, but don't look at anything. Just have your eyes open. Observe, observe, observe. And the practice just makes all of life that much easier. So, oh. I think it's also great for like for traveling or really anytime you're in a line, which happens frequently when you're traveling. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's very, like, can be anxiety inducing. Like, I'm in this line. When is this line going to be over? What am I going to do after this line? Rather than just being like, okay, you know, I better be happy I'm going to Vietnam now. Or like, right? You know, just actually appreciating what, where you're at rather than allowing anxiety to sort of flood through you and just be like, fuck these people taking too long in front of me. Because <laughs> in that moment, what can you do? Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. why feed the story that goes on in your mind? Just enjoy and honestly gratitude for like anything if you actually feel gratitude when you think of it it is like the most powerful thing it is the most powerful thing it pulls you right back in alignment with yourself like this like so fast and when you're in that place of gratitude your frequency is basically at its highest like when I truly feel gratitude my body tingles it's like you feel the energy I'm sure you guys have experienced this at some point right when you're just your body's just humming that's usually tied to gratitude or love. And if you can stay in that place, say for long periods of time, that's what you attract. You attract similar frequencies. So if you want more love and compassion in your life, you have to feel it. You have to feel that to get it. It's, it's so powerful, it's a powerful tool. Why do you think your friend was so resistant? Yeah. Because I tell him some of this knowledge, the way I'm speaking to you now, right? And you two are open-minded with what I have to say, where him, he's not. And comparing me to who I was, he thinks I'm bullshitting him. Thinks I'm just feeding him nonsense. Thinks I'm better than him. I'm superior to him. really think that this is what he's... These are the words he said. Yeah, there's a difference between the words he said and maybe what's actually happening. Well, what's happening is, my understanding is that I have made growth within myself and he sees that and he recognizes that and he has stuck himself here so he's mad at himself for not growing over this time over remaining stagnant in his life repeating the same patterns for years the party work party work party work lifestyle so he sees that reflection from me and it it angers himself he's mad at himself for not taking these steps 
that's the way I see it. So it's a projection of his inner world. He constantly throws at me when I try to expose new knowledge to him. Yeah. And like right the last time we split up, we uh, we were at Pi, and we still had a ride to Chiang Mai. And the beginning of the conversation always is extreme projection. Now I've learned how to remain calm in the storm. If I can do that in these interactions, it allows more time for the other person to process what they're feeling and what they're thinking. So instead of just always talking and like the bounce back, you know, I'll leave you this, just stop, sit there, breathe, look at him. He'll figure it out on his own. Like the other person will start processing this stuff. So we took a two hour ride back to Chiang Mai, two and a half hour, and he managed to process that whole conversation. Immediately when he got back, he apologized. He had a better understanding of what he has been doing to me and like, you know, you make me feel this. You make me feel that. And I kept telling him, I can't make you feel anything, but that's, that's, that's <laughs> on you. <laughs> that is completely on you on how you're perceiving my words, my actions, and my lifestyle. How did he like pie? Uh, he liked it. Yeah, but he drank every night. Party, yeah. party. Very, there's two di- very different sides of pie. Yeah. So. How did you like pie? Um, I had mixed feelings about it at first because I guess I have the same vibe here. You have the authentic people that are looking to grow. And then you have the light seekers. The light seekers are everything's love and bliss and everything's love and bliss and everything. Love, 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 happy, happy, happy. It's like they've left their old character behind and replaced it with this new one. So the path I know to the light is through the dark. You have to dismantle your conditioning, your traumas first to properly find the light within the dark. If you just chase the light, guess what? You're still suppressing all that dark that resides in you. So there's a lot of that there. And I hear maybe not as much, but it's still present. It's still very present. The first day I showed up, I was like, you got half this way and half that way. Mm-hmm. Half, we'll call them fake. It's a great way to describe it. I was being like, I, yeah, it's been so hard to pinpoint what it is about certain hippie types that rubs me the wrong way and yeah it's because some do seem authentic and interesting and others are saying a lot of times the same exact words but there's something about it that's coming off totally inauthentic and like they're hiding or lying something hiding or lying they're suppressing their authenticity actually they're trying to play another character yeah and it totally freaks me out when people can't be a little bit you know, dark, like at least, you know, we discuss dark it. subjects or even like make some fucked up jokes or at least understand <laughs> like that there's appreciation to be had in dark places of. So we've all been there. So why do we run away from this? Say everything's just yeah. love and light. Well, guess what? It's not. It's not the reality of what world, you know, life is. It's, it's just not. We get sad. We get traumatic events in our lives. We hang on to some of that and, you know, like. <laughs> You don't, like, you can't, like, light doesn't exist without darkness, right? You, it's duality. You can't have one without the other. So to say life is nothing but love and light, well, guess what? It's not. There's still there's still some darkness there. And, like, a lot of people, even people that are very well on track and even progressed very well, I still often find those who just completely run away from their traumas. Yeah. I have no traumas. Okay, that's your ego talking. <laughs> so, like, clearly, you haven't addressed that side of yourself yet. There's no authenticity there, really. There is at moments, but there's still a character being played, and that's what rubs you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. 
that's what rubs me the wrong way, definitely. And it's sometimes you can get it within the first five seconds of meeting somebody, you can feel it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, part of what I found so interesting about you is that you aren't the typical character to be kind of delivering these messages, and therefore I think that the world at large would find a lot of the things you're saying much more palatable coming from you <laughs> and that you haven't gotten rid of your former self you just added new elements to you and become a more whole person but it's not like you've completely stopped dirt biking or stopped you know construction any of these things that um and something that you and i were talking about the other day that i think is really interesting is a lot of people especially yeah men who who start on this path then do seem to not only like lose sight of, but, but start to hate and villainize masculine aspects of themselves. Like, why do you think that is? And, and how do you think you've been able to not do that? I don't think there's anything wrong with being masculine. I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, like it, as I said to you, like you just come off as like so whole in comparison to, yeah, so many. And before I was hyper-masculine, but since I was so hypermasculine, I already developed that side of myself. Yeah. So over the last three years, it's been developing the feminine side of myself, the feelings, the connection, the compassion. So that's what makes me feel whole because to me, to be whole is to fully encompass both sides. It's the yin and the yang. It's, it's the only way, way to live a fulfilling life, truly, authentically, is to dive in both sides deeply what do you think it is that makes most people put up such resistance to that to developing both sides other uh, conditioning of life the outside world what it tells us to be this or that opposed to knowing this for themselves because we all know I believe duality is key deep down inside when we shut the mind off it's there it's felt but the conditioning is so strong. It's so strong from our parents, from our friends, from the media. So strong to be this, to be that. Depending on where you are and who you put yourself around, it's gonna be a different story. But when you drop the story and you just feel, you know both sides exist. We're human beings, all of us. We're the same at the core. So why say one's better than the other? It's not. <laughs> both equally needed within all of us to be more whole. Totally. Very well said. <laughs> she doing over there? <laughs> Just a mushroom dark room? Yes, that's him. He's the one. <laughs> He's the one? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I told him that you said told me that like you know that I haven't really experienced mushrooms unless I take a heroic dose and go into a dark room by myself. <laughs> so yeah. You just said, "Is this the guy with the mushrooms in the dark room?" <laughs> <laughs> Which my favorite way to trip is, at least definitely on mushrooms, is alone. I guess yeah. You know, dark room or not, not dark bright room. room, but yeah, definitely in you your know. own space. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least for like the first half of it. Yeah. After the after the peak, I'm gonna go enjoy. Go out in the world. <laughs> I've learned the intense lesson that there must to learn. So, right. Okay, now I can go play. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. That's a good way there. <laughs> but yeah, those are like when we're 
taking those big doses and say we have all the other influences around us, we can't really pinpoint those lessons. They don't surface the same way. They're still influenced. So when you take that time alone to really dive into the depths of the experience, that's where you learn. And then afterwards you have to, I, I like to discuss it with people I tripped with because I find it helps integrate the lessons into your life. And yeah, a little play on the downside of it is then you get to enjoy a little more because the first half can be a little rough at times. <laughs> but I've always believed that a bad trip is actually a good trip. Like, that's where the lessons are. The good, happy, lovey-dovey ones, it's like chasing the light all the time. Guess what? You didn't explore the other side. <laughs> Duality is key. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily the same for you. What? I think Jen's very in touch with her. I feel like a lot of the yeah. difficulty I can have with an intense mushroom trip is my lack of connection to my emotional side. And then that, you know, could become... Enhances it. Yeah. Forces it in Slap you around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, Jen can even sometimes have that happen, but she's more comfortable with it. So it's not a bad trip then. It's just like, oh, this was, you know, an intense feelings or something. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I won't speak for you. But. No, yeah, that's totally, totally accurate. Uh, Jeff was saying, therefore, I definitely haven't taken it off. <laughs> I'm still saying that, that I haven't. But I feel like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, hey, you, I was like, he was like, how much have you taken? I was like, I'm not the one in charge of that. You're the one in charge of that. How much have I taken? <laughs> it's tough to say. We were taking, we were taking, I mean, like, the first couple of times on the mushrooms that we had that, the first mushrooms we had, was, we got these fantastic mushrooms. And we were taking, like, half, half an eighth. It was, like, the standard dose. Then we wound up taking... We kind of kept cutting that back and back and back because it was so intense, down to point two. Point two was enough to have a full blown trip. So dried or yeah, dried, okay. dried and powdered into caps. Um, so I don't know what that equivalent would be to like what I would know a normal mushroom trip to be, but they were it was it was fucking intense. Because you know normally like a gram is like threshold. Like five times, we were taking you know one fifth of that and still having a full blown drip. Like really, even gram I've never found to be. A I know that's like you know tinglys, like you know. Yeah, like two to even, actually even start getting visuals, and then three, four plus to two. I'm still like I. And we who didn't even I mean it's not like we kept on cutting lower and lower to find where it didn't have an effect. It was just we at point two we were still tripping balls. Still having trip. And, uh, yeah, I just I really can't. Some good mushrooms. <laughs> they were <laughs> they were the best. <laughs> they really were. Have My you ever experienced anything other than mushrooms in the psychedelic world? Oh really? No. What? Acid. You've done acid? Yeah. And how was that? I think it's great. It doesn't have this as quite the emotional. It's more like intellectual and emotional, so it can be a little bit more recreational in that sense. Mm. That's my experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's uh, definitely my. I definitely. I've always. I mean, I say that. I say that. I feel acid. Yeah, definitely. Whatever it brings out my masculine side makes me. It makes me feel like a boy. <laughs> like, not like. I don't know. Yeah, when mushrooms are sort of grounding connectedness to everything in the yes. world and the roots and the. As it's kind of like As going, it's out just, the yeah, space going out of your head into space and in space. being like, but in, like in a cool connected way still but it's more like yeah mushrooms are connected they're rooting into the earth and connecting to everyone and everything through your roots in the earth and acid is just kind of like going spraying out of your head and like making little light beam connections into other people's heads um, fun. I recommend it 
Five stars. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, I prefer, I prefer mushrooms over acid. But yeah, he thinks yeah, I'm crazy because like he struggles a lot with his emotions when he does mushrooms, and he stopped doing mushrooms because he's found them to get be too hard at this point. They keep surfacing. Yeah. Dive into those emotions, bud. Yeah, <laughs> I think you just need to do a bunch in a dark room. Because it's been a long time since you did them alone in a dark room. the traumatic events that have held you back from releasing these emotions. I mean, you know, it's the same, it's the same lessons every time. It's really just I need to, to integrate them into my life and learn from them and start to live a life that's more in congruence with what they keep slapping me around with. <laughs> right. And then I can come back and be like, okay, I did it. And then they'll be like, okay, cool. <laughs> Have fun. But yeah, so I don't think that there's, like, more lessons to be had there. I think I've, I've got them. Just now, just have to matter. apply. Yeah, apply. <laughs> like, like, oh, you're back again, bitch. Like, same shit. <laughs> right. Relax. Yeah, that will happen. Yeah. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, uh, yeah, I'm definitely recommending that. Answer. Yeah. I also tried Chonga once. What's that? It's DMT. Like a DMT, essentially. I think there's. Uh, I think it was. Uh, there was a bit of an MAOI inhibitor in there to make it more like ayahuasca, but uh, yeah. You might have also thrown some salvia. <laughs> it was a little bit of an interesting experience. Um, but that was really cool. It taught me how to hula hoop. Could not hula hoop at the beginning of the day. Smoked it. Saw this like... Or your life. Portal opening into like 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 dimensions folding in onto one another. And it was like just this... And it lasted for like maybe five minutes. And then after it kind of went away. And we like kind of did it at the tail end of a mushroom trip. A really intense mushroom trip. And then I picked up the hula hoop and was like... I get it now. <laughs> yeah. I think there's something about uh, psychedelics and being connected to your body in an interesting Absolutely. way, especially the organic psychedelics. Is, yeah. It's interesting when you watch people dance before and after. It's like sometimes, depending on what kind of mood they're in. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you can see people like. Yeah, the setting's important when you go on these trips. Have you been to festivals? Not on psychedelics been to like hippie this, festivals this is how we I started guess, talking about it because I he was like i guess i've done mdma at some festivals but. Well, what kind what kind of festivals are you going to like music, music festivals like or actual, like art yeah. and love no not love <laughs> yeah. you should definitely try i recommend it i understand what you're saying and the dark room totally has merit but essentially hippie festivals are like people have come together built a playground for tripping adults like i mean that's what these hippie festivals are but it's also like it's not just a playground like you know there's definitely some like there's usually workshops so right. like a lot of stuff that's oh, going right. on here where you go to get these like really cool workshops yeah. oh, so you do all this yoga, work meditation, the day work, cacao ceremonies amongst all these yeah. really cool art installations so there's like all these people just came oh. with all this and intention the, every to conversation make these really you have cool, with people is good yeah like it's deep no surface bullshit like i feel like most festivals you don't ever learn people's no. names because fucking irrelevant like right and like the only people that wind up at these places are really like like-minded individuals that really just I mean, they create these amazing safe spaces yeah. to do a self-exploration into you know different versions of yourself in such a safe and comfortable way it's where do i find these <laughs> uh all over the world all over the world but it's interesting that you gotta kind of know what to like it's that's what why it's kind of like a self-selecting group like it's really interesting like uh, like we would have never known about nowhere in Spain. What? I mean, I. If it wasn't for Fred, or. I'm the one who found out about it. 
Okay. Well, then Jen, I guess, is who you ask. <laughs> yeah, Jen's who you ask. I have a list of, the, of, of good ones all over the world. Well, not all over the world, just places we've been traveling. I do think I have one listed in Canada, but there are, we can certainly, you should join us for some in the States. We're theoretically going back to the States some in point. April for a year and a half. <laughs> so there will be festivals to be had next summer. If we're allowed back in. Yeah, if we're allowed back in, let's go to some festivals together next summer. Sounds good plan. Um, oh, actually, um, one of the most the ones that I want to go to most in the world is in uh, Uvida right near where you did your top of the mountain thing it's like on the next beach down to the south yeah oh, really? mm-hmm. it's I, there you go I I'll be there the in December right it's oh it's in oh, February we all stay till then <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, I can't remember the name I'll look it up for you so when are you headed back to Canada Wednesday you still have a flight? They're going to be um, discontinuing the path I'm going on the 28th, and I'm going on the 25th. Nice. Wow. So I booked it, I guess, just... But I was going to go to Vancouver, and then from Vancouver to Costa Rica. But Costa Rica closed, like, two days after I booked that flight. And I, I, I had a feeling, so I didn't book from Vancouver down. I just booked to Vancouver just to say, like, okay, hey, well, if something goes fits up here, I can at least be in Canada. Yeah. So... Three days to spare, I guess, to get there. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wild world. Yeah, man. It sure is. Uh, okay, what's been your? Has there been? Has there been one one particular lesson that's been profound that you've gotten at your time at Wonderland Retreat? A few. So it was a kind of a process, I guess. Um, the process started with me realizing that. I haven't loved myself as I should over the last few months. I've been comparing what my friend said about me and himself and all that projection that I was questioning my being and my path. So I lost vision of that. Um, so there was one class in particular that kind of, I guess, started the ball here, got it rolling. It was like a... It was like a... It wasn't voice liberation, but it was something along the lines of that. Um, and we did some dancing and some singing and whatnot. And then we got to this one exercise where everybody in that took the class lined up in like hall formation facing each other. One at a time, you'd go through this hall with your eyes closed. And each person would then intuitively say what the, came to their mind to that person. Whoa, that's intense. Yeah. I feel nervous hearing about that. <laughs> and it was amazing the things I heard. Things that I never tell myself that I don't see in myself. Isn't people were saying very like loving you know, things to you? Yeah, like beautiful soul, you know, dance to express yourself. You have a great voice. Um, you're a strong warrior, you know what I mean? You're peaceful. All these things that like I knew but I never tell myself. And after that experience, we closed it out with some breath work that allowed me to feel that stuff for myself, which kind of opened my heart back up to myself. And I was found compassion for being so hard on myself for losing track of this path, so to speak. Because I, I could do that. I, I often fall in that place to where you should be doing better than this. You should be doing better than this. You know better than this. You know, act, act, act. You know, you know. And then. That made me realize, like, it's okay. This is also part of this experience. Like, you're not going to be 
on that trajectory all the time. Like it's just impossible to hold that. So I found compassion for myself in that experience. Um, and the next big event was the rebirth. That was intense. That was so intense. That gave me the same experience, if not probably bigger on an energetic level than when I was listening to Power of Now, all busted up. It, the breath, the breath, the breath, you kind of detach from your body, detach from your body. Eventually, you just kind of go into that place of like pure consciousness. And once you clicks there, the, the insight just just pours through you pours through you and all like these lessons you get some say the mushroom trip the lessons it's smacking you around with they're all of a sudden just realized in like a split second and that's when I started at first it started with a little feeling sorry for myself for being so hard on myself and feeling those emotions and once I released those then it was nothing but blissful laughter just laughing at how ridiculous I've been of being so hard on myself I was like this is so fucked like it's all a game like just lighten up motherfucker lighten up lighten up and I just laughed and I laughed and I laughed crying like kind of pool under my head of tears from laughter like it was, I never cried like that ever but it was, I was still hysterically laughing at myself and then when it was all said and done I went back to normal breath and I never felt energy flow through me to that intensity before it was just like a constant rush like the hose was on out of each or in or out, I don't know what direction it's going. It's this way, out the fingers, or in the fingers, out the head, whatever way you want to call it. But it was just so intense, so intense. And that I walked out of there, once again, like a different person, centered, calm, light, understanding. It's probably around the time I actually met you. It was like the next day or the day after well, that. That day at dinner. Might be, was it? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, so you probably saw it and felt it within me. And... And then I still had some blockages though, um, not knowing what they were. So a day or two later, I took uh, the chakra yoga class and we worked on opening every chakra from the bottom up. And then at the end of class, we focused on one we personally felt was blocked. And mine has been throat, a little heart, but I focus mainly on my throat because I have a hard time expressing myself. That's kind of why I'm here actually doing this podcast is to practice expressing myself and being okay with what I have to say and what I feel Excellent. and you know like it's, it's part another thing that lined up that fell in my lap that helping me down this path and it, in final shavasana it clicked the thing that I guess I've been so the traumatic event I suppose that's been holding this closed for so long stems from my father and his father him and his father became very distant at a young age and then it was like resentment towards each other for their entire life and my father had always felt like I have to be better than his own father towards me and we were never able to communicate that because he, he shut himself off to emotions as well like you know I'm just going to work hard and be better than my dad and, and that's all I'm going to try to do my whole life and I left that class and I, I knew what to say to my dad huh. I went, I wrote him a text told him about how much I appreciate everything he's done for me and you know like I don't you know he's a fantastic father you know like he's given me everything he could to his ability and he's always guided me like through his heart so like it opened that channel up finally of the proper communication between him and I wow. it was he immediately responded in a fashion that I've been 
waiting 33 years to kind of hear. Yeah. And it's like, holy fuck, you're finally like attached, like, like connected to your own emotions and you're able to express them finally. It was amazing. It was, and ever since we're able to talk on a completely different level now. It's, it's unbelievable. And it, that, that was something that was passed on from perhaps even his father or his father before him. Like, I don't know how far it went back, but it was a, it was a repeating itself. And that's, what I guess, been a big part of this too, is like, we're conditioned by our parents, right? So like, if you want to know anything about yourself and you think you're spiritual and you think you're on a good path, go spend time with your parents because mm-hmm. they are going to trigger you in all fashions because that's where a great deal of our conditioning stems from, especially if you're close to your parents. And I've always been fairly close to my parents. So over the last few years, trying to figure this stuff out within myself, talking to them, they found so much offense to it because they related to what I felt in me and they go, well, that's me too. And like, did I do that to you? And oh my God, I'm a terrible parent. And like, it's like, well, that's not it. Like you did what you could with what you had. Like you didn't know any better. So you can't be guilty for that. And and that's, it's been, my father's been resisting, resisting all this type of talk with me ever since I started this. My mother's slowly just nipping at it because she sees the transformation in me. So she knows it's not all bullshit. But him, this was what opened that door finding this blockage, releasing it, expressing it, and click. Mm. A new door is open now. Wow. So, like, these healing centers and these healers on this island, people need to visit this. <laughs> this or something like this somewhere in the world. And that's why I feel I need to go back home and open a center and, attri- and try to find the right people to bring in there to help people because it's amazing. living a different life now completely different life completely different life more satisfied with so much less like why shouldn't I share this yeah it's amazing (laughs) I think it's a great idea we talked a bit about uh, sort of selling something similar as like a detox from technology Come, you text it. I know. Mm-hmm. Other, by the way, there's also these, these other skills that you can learn. <laughs> right. I feel like this partially started because I do feel like Wonderland was a little bit like adult summer camp, but more like um, you know woke adult woke adult summer camp. Yeah. I always, uh, always feel really sad for Trevor that he didn't get to go to summer camp because I feel <laughs> he would have been the king of summer camp. <laughs> and uh, like it is, yeah. How. It's, it's, oh, man. I, I find it's a place that allows people that are very new to this kind of stuff to at least go just test the waters. Yeah. And they do in, it in, in such a, a comfortable way. Yeah, non-threatening. Yeah. It's comfortable. It's resort-like. Good food, buffet. You got a pool. Accommodations are nice everywhere. So it it allows you just to touch the water. Yeah. See what you re- you know resonate with and at a safe distance totally. too. Like, if I don't want to go, I don't have to go. You know. Yeah. I don't feel like releasing anything or relaxing or letting go in this class. I don't have to. It's okay. <laughs> Just hang back. That's why, like, Costa Rica was such a different effect because you're with the same 12 people day in, day out. Yeah, it's a lot more Basically intense. Basically, no technology, no internet, no nothing. So, like, you're forced to communicate the stuff with others that are going through it, too, and it pulls it out of you in a different way. And yeah. It's a different experience, but they have such a good team here, actually teachers are wonderful a lot of them are like amazing yeah they really are and if you talk with them one-on-one or if you really open yourself up to what they have to say 
there's a lot to be learned there, like a lot. I really like them that, again, they said they're, they're all exemplifying what you just said of like, n- if it, especially Allie, the meditation teacher, like at, mm-hmm. at the beginning, she would always be like, here's some fucked up shit I thought about this morning. And <laughs> just being like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, I feel so comfortable with you now, knowing like, okay, yeah, you're still a little bit of a crazy bitch. Like, now let's heal. Like, right? It just felt so good as opposed to it's somebody real. being like, I have been on this path for 20 years and I have achieved nirvana and, uh, you know, I'm absolutely perfect. And I feel, yeah. How could you relate to that? Yeah, so unrelatable, but somebody being like, yeah, that's what a what a great way. I feel like every medita- guided meditation should start with a teacher saying, "Here's some fucked up shit I thought this morning." Like it, it was amazing. <laughs> and everybody relates immediately. Yeah, and it, it, you know, it allows it lets, you to let go. Let those boundaries down. Yeah, yeah it's let, like, oh, okay, relax. like, yeah, man. We're all the same. <laughs> yeah, they they all just none. Yeah, I didn't feel the, the yeah kind of bullshit pretense that I have felt from so many healer types, especially those who I've met in Thailand who are, who are a lot of whom are just kind of starting their journey um that was so nice this, uh, this whole this whole episode is just us doing promotion for Wonderland <laughs> <laughs> I really wasn't expecting it to be so awesome was, yeah. you know what I, when I did all my um research online I did not pick Wonderland mm. that wasn't the place I was going um I only picked it because it was Corona sale oh really yeah that was part of the what influenced me to actually go there, because if it was full price, I might have ended up at the other ones. No. Um, but when I went to go visit them, I felt what the places had to offer. I walked around, oh, nice. I looked at some classes, I took it in. I went to Orion's, Sama Karuna, and Wonderland all on the same day, and there was no question after I visited them and felt what they, the energy they put off. Wonderland is no question. And then he's like, and by the way, we have a discount. I'm like, well, <laughs> Sold. sign me up. Yeah. yeah. And I tried just four days, and now it's like day 10. So Nice. That's amazing. Yeah. Cool. And the food's fantastic. And the people, yeah. just I like the variety, the daily variety. You go or you don't go. It's okay. You do this or you do that. Yeah. There's no pressure anywhere to do anything. So how long ago were you in the accident? <clears throat> Uh, it, the accident happened August 24th, 2017. So this is a fairly new journey yes. that you've been on. Wow. Are you And you've been traveling for... This is week seven. Two months, almost. Are you afraid, like, are you afraid that going back and going back to an old routine might... The routine won't be the same. I'm taking more time off. I guess, yeah, I guess you get degree. Well, no, like, like purposely taking two more months off when I get home. Oh, wow. Maybe longer. Because uh, before I left, I was in discussion with the company I was working for and told them that I'm done with the tools. I'm no longer want to practice being an electrician necessarily. Um, I was getting into supervising, but it still wasn't for me, even though I wanted that for 10 years and I did it finally. And like, no, there's more. There's more I can do here within this company to help the people. So I had three meetings with the owner about developing a new position for myself. I can integrate technology and compassion into the trades because there's fucking none of it. It's a very toxic environment, more days than not. Um, try to increase communication between the office and the field and between one another and kind of bring everybody into more of a family environment opposed to this. How large is the company? How large is the company? 
Uh, it differs different projects because we hire as we need, being union. Um, before I left, we were all trades and office staff, about 150 people. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well. So they've been there for 25 years. What? Yeah, they've been around for. Oh, a I long. think you have it. No, <laughs> I've been there for 11. <laughs> for 11 years. Still, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You're the only millennial who's had a job for at the same <laughs> company for 11 years. And there's like none of us that do that really, but I've cemented my place there by proving what I'm capable of and my ego held me back from properly advancing in the company until after I got back close to Rica, I finally like go, wow that's the motherfucker that's holding me back and yeah. <laughs> threw it aside and then <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden honestly I was a week back and they promoted me and then they seen how well I did at that for like a month and they're like okay I'll promote you again and then they, I did good wow. that they're like alright well, we're, we're actually going to demote a guy off a product that hasn't happened in 10 years and replace him with you and see what happens. And then I did well there, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, all right. So and that's why they finally took me serious now. And I started talking to the owner. I'm like, hey, I have more ideas, and I can help in a bigger sense here. Help the company much larger scale. So now they're like, hmm, hmm, maybe this kid has something. And so when I get back, I'm curious if that's going to go somewhere or not. They fear, though, change. They like, they fear change so much. It's, it's wild. Yeah. It's wild. And like they need it so bad because they're hanging on to the same ways they've done things for the last 20 years. It's like, adapt, guys. Come on. I can work five hours a week and be as productive as the 40 if I do it in your fashion. Totally. So that's why there's that. Cause like I still feel like if they want to go down that path with me, I'm going to take it because it's fantastic income to help drive the center. Mm-hmm. And this way I can do that from a distance, especially if I'm not the actual healer or the teacher, whereas I have these other people to lean on. Mm-hmm. I, I can, on my spare time, I can manage the place, work on it, find, and I know so many tradesmen, and being connected in that world, I can take advantage of those resources as well. Do you have interest in eventually becoming a teacher? Oh yeah. I, I was signed up to do yoga teacher training here actually, yep. but the studio I go to, and they want you to go through their studio, and I still don't know if I agree with that, gotcha. but it made me cancel teacher training plus I wouldn't be able to go to it now anyways because it would start in like 10 days yeah. so well. but um if I do go through that studio I'll be going to Nicaragua next January nice yeah. well just uh, to keep in mind I work at a kung fu retreat in Pai and we offer qigong teacher training oh, three right. week long and you get an internationally recognized certification and well there you go all kinds of good stuff do some yoga do some qigong bing bang boom there's the first two. <laughs> yeah, and like I feel that like another thing too I have to go down, which I got some a lot of literature on, is uh, breathwork related stuff because that's actually what helped me do the transformation while I was reading The Power of Now was conscious breathing. And yeah, man. it pulled me into another place. Um, breath is breath is the only tool we have with us at all times to bring us back. We wake up with it as a baby and we die it is the forever tool use it use it wisely it's amazing what do we always tell somebody when they're stressed just breathe just breathe it is the tool yeah it's it brings you ridiculous. back to your center so i feel like that and for me it, it works well all my experiences have been through breath work so i have to develop that and understand it better and try to teach people more that's a, one of the paths for sure nice
Well, any any other uh, things you'd like to discuss, anybody? Anything you'd like to share or recommend to our listeners? I'm just curious what brought you guys to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, loving real questions and real conversation and hating small talk. Our initial or original tagline was the opposite of small talk. Oh, but actually, sorry, wait, we have one final question. And that's why do people do small talk? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's comfortable. It's the known. This is well, so we asked that question to everyone. And having asked that question to so many different people has really made me uh, calm down a lot about it a lot. Of being like, oh, okay, like, it's not all this thing of, or I still feel like Matt Bowden gave my favorite answer. He said that it was, uh, it's, it's like a f- in fencing where you do a few initial jousts into the air before you start touching each other, before you start making contact. That's a good analogy. Absolutely. Being like, yeah, just kind of get to get a sense of where how people are going to react and where to where you can actually take hey. it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. It doesn't. It's not always this. I was coming from um, you know a corporate job where it was the same script with the same people every single day where we were only allowed to exchange these same exact like 20 words to each other mm. and it was making me feel like I was dying <laughs> I mean just like yeah every every muscle in my body being like why are you doing this to me <laughs> it was terrible being like oh, yeah gotta, yeah, I gotta stop that um, when we originally conceived of it we we thought we were just gonna be living in America and just wanting this alternative co- conversation to the to the our our jobs that were forcing this kind of boring conversations and then we didn't then we started to decided to move to Thailand and uh, and now it's been an awesome way to really deepen connection faster and uh, yeah be have a it's very interesting of being like I mean, it's something I'm always fascinated by, of like power dynamics and being like whether or not people consider other people as having something worthwhile of investing in, and that normally, I don't know, they don't, (laughs) 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 or you have to like prove something to them, of being like, this is why you should spend time with me. But it's interesting to be like. Uh, to not have to kind of prove myself or demonstrate anything in the same way as as if I'm like I have a microphone waiting for you then most people are like alright you are worth my time <laughs> like, oh sweet <laughs> like uh, yeah then, then it's no but it's been it's been awesome I mean yeah uh, our my our roommate who I think you met at Wonderland the other day um, yeah. she we met her because she was a fan of the podcast and invited herself on. <laughs> Essentially, she <laughs> reached out saying that she loved it and wanted to come on, um, and that she was going to be in the same area as us. And uh, so she came on and yeah, became one of our good friends. And then we just had our, our bachelor party, and she was asking how many of these people we had met through the podcast. And then when we kind of, like, dialed it back, it was like, are all of all of our friends are from the podcast. Not that we directly interviewed them, but like we somehow we met everyone in one way or another through the podcast of like, yeah, we met this connection and that connection introduced us to these connections. I'm like, whoa, that's fucking crazy. Oh, that's good. Um, but yeah, just, just to have authentic 
authentic conversations. Ask real questions. I love mm. I love interrogating people and to also be given the <laughs> social permission I to do the that. First night I met you there, you were kind of already throwing that out there. Yeah. Oh, just when I find <laughs> people interesting. Is strong. Yeah, so very yeah, very curious about interesting people. You were very interesting. I wanted to yeah. Listen. Yeah, that's good. Remain curious. Totally. <laughs> Thank you. Why did you start this podcast? You made me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Kind of. <laughs> also curious. Also curious. It's not as uh, in my wheelhouse as it is Jen's. She's much more outgoing than I. I'm definitely more introverted, naturally. Um, so we almost went to the same reason here. Doing this to help us. Out of that bubble. Yes, it has. I mean, looking back, like, the first couple of times we interviewed anybody, it was, like, a nerve-wracking, like, fuck, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. Like, you know, there's still a bit of that, but it's just, like, now it's nowhere near what it was like then. It's really interesting to watch that transformation. It really opens up that throat chakra. Right, right. (laughs) Gets you more comfortable expressing yourself, which is fun. It's been a great, and we've met amazing people. Also to have, like, fans. <laughs> like, I get this type of feedback of everybody being like, yeah, they, they love it when Trevor talks. <laughs> Any final words? You can do your fancy outro. It's been a while. It's been a while. I don't remember. Who gave us our fancy outro? Was it Alex from Grid Philly? Oh, I totally forget it. Somebody mentioned, yeah, I was like, you need an outro. I feel um, like Andy also came up with a good one for us. What's this your name again? Jeff. Jeff. You've been listening to Occasionally Interesting. We've been here with Jeff. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our links where you'll be able to subscribe and like and do all the things on occasionallyinteresting.com. And, uh, yeah. Stay safe in the time of the coronavirus. <laughs> Social distance. <laughs> Strong. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay. Right. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.